Avril Lavigne on BBC Somerset. That is complicated. It's 20 past seven now. I'm Charlie Taylor. With you through till ten tonight. Charlie Taylor. BBC Somerset. It's a Thursday night, and on a Thursday we like to cover stuff that goes on uh, here in Somerset online. We do a lot on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, things like that. Today we're focusing on podcasts. Very pleased to say that Joe Wise is here from the Wise Women podcast. Joe, thanks for coming in. Hi, Charlie. My Firstly, pleasure. Tell us a bit about yourself. Where are you from and, and how did you get into podcasting? OK, so I'm from Taunton. My background's in radio, so I've done commercial and BBC breakfast shows, worked here for a while, and I did hours and hours of early shifts, so getting up at, like, three o'clock in the morning. I did it for years. I was and presenting breakfast last week. It's, oh pretty, it's horrible, isn't it? It's the worst bit, of because it's a lovely show to do. It is. But it, you know, the alarms, the way it plays with your life. Do you know, I think it took me two or three years to get over it. It was like constant jet lag. But I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And like I said, did commercial breakfast shows, BBC breakfast shows, worked here and in Bristol and just loved it. And, um, yeah, I suppose, when was it? 2007. I started to get really ill, actually. I know a lot of people talk about mental health, don't they? I prefer to call it emotional health. And I think I got really quite poorly. I don't know if it was... Uh, maybe the the hours didn't help, but lots of things were going on in my life and lots of things that I didn't quite know how to address. So was this when you were on a breakfast? Yeah. So you were getting up at three o'clock every well, morning, basically? Actually, I was doing the morning show then. Right, OK. Yeah, I was doing the morning show, so it's slightly more sociable hours. <laughs> so that's sort of the nine o'clock onwards Yes, sort of yeah, thing, it's nine right? to okay. twelve. Yeah. And... Um, I loved it. I still loved it. But there, I started to get physically ill and quite emotionally ill. So I had to kind of look at my life and readdress everything. And uh, my marriage at the time broke down. And I just had to really take a good, hard look at myself and think, you know, what did I want to do in life? And I went on this journey of self-discovery, really. I found complementary health, which I trained in, and I'm now a complementary health practitioner. But my love for radio never left me and talking to people and hearing people's stories. And I just started to come up with this idea for making podcasts, which is what I do now, alongside being a complimentary health practitioner. So for people who have been listening to BBC Somerset for a long time, Mm. how might they know you better as okay so um i was then joe phillips i've since then remarried and now i'm joe wise so i used to do shows with adam thomas dan jennings emma Britton as well emma used to come in and do radio aerobics on my show (laughs) and we had such a laugh so i just love radio i love the connection i love the immediacy of it and i feel like myself when i'm behind a microphone i must admit it's much easier being your side than it is this side <laughs> I, i've done occasionally your side like where you are now and it's horrible compared yeah, to being I'd in much prefer asking the questions mm. if the roles reverse now and i could ask you questions i'd feel much more comfortable but we'll go with it no we're not going to do that tonight okay, i'm good. afraid no it's my turn to ask questions <laughs> okay so uh, i'm sure many people will remember your shows here on bbc somerset hearing you on other stations as well um going through that that horrible time you said about your emotional health. Yeah. When you came out the back of that, what what had changed for you? Was your outlook on life totally different from where you were before? Gosh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, it was really different. And it was a journey as well. It wasn't kind of I went, you know, I woke up one day and thought, okay, I'm fixed and everything's better. It's day by day. And even today, there's things that, you know, I go through every day kind of really reflecting on things and thinking about things and how can I do things better and how can I make more connections? And, uh, you know, it's a constant journey. And I think um, I'm so pleased that people are talking more about 
that. But I just wish, because, you know, Harry and Meghan and Prince William are all into it as well, aren't they? Hashtag mental health. Mm. I just wish they would hashtag it emotional health because there's less of a stigma to that because everybody has emotions and everybody has to deal with them. Yeah, and I think we all go through ups and downs, yeah. don't we? We all have moments where and I can look back in my life and say, you know, there are moments of downs and moments of ups. And Absolutely. You, you live through them. You, cope, you try and cope as best you can with them. Yeah. OK, so that kind of led you on the path to where you are now. Before we go on to podcast, briefly into what you do uh, alongside that as well. So you're, a, you say, an occupational health? Yeah, so I'm complementary health practitioner. Complementary health, And yeah. in that, I um, practice kinesiology, which is muscle testing. And muscle testing is so clever because it accesses our subconscious. So you and I could have a conversation now and it would be a very conscious conversation, which is 5% of where we function from. Muscle testing and kinesiology accesses the subconscious and the subconscious is the bit that beats our heart. It's the bit that digests our food. It's the bit that breathes our lungs. So muscle testing enables you to get to... um, deep running programs that are usually installed in childhood having said that it doesn't always have to be an emotional session sometimes i see people um who are having problems with food intolerances or um you know some kind of physical ailments might be backaches or um headaches so it accesses the whole person it looks at the physical it looks at the emotional it looks at the nutritional and it looks at the energetic as well which is another one of my passions because in eastern medicine they recognize that we have a life force and they call it chi or prana and our energy our life force is what makes you you and me me and there are ways where we can balance our energy we can balance our our um chi and our prana so another uh, modality that i use is something called reiki and sikkim um, a lot of people will be familiar with reiki uh, reiki comes from japan and it's basically hands-on healing sikkim comes from egypt and it channels other energy alongside reiki so that's what i do kinesiology reiki and sikkim and i really focus on the emotional um, aspect and the uh, chi and prana aspect as well because oh. that's that fascinates me. That's amazing. So this is has that all happened since you left radio? Yeah. This is all something you've taken on since then. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Sounds incredible. And the therapy itself, is that a um is it like a talking therapy or a physical therapy? How does oh that goodness. sort of work? These are such good questions. Sorry. <laughs> no, they're brilliant. So it is talking, start off talking in a consultation, but then um after the consultation, uh the client will lie on a treatment bed, fully clothed, and I'll employ um muscle tests on that person, accessing their subconscious, like I say, through questioning, gentle questioning. And then there's quite a lot of kind of hands-on stuff as well. But yeah, I think as well, you know, we've become a culture, haven't we, that's afraid to touch and afraid to get too close. And I think a lot of people find comfort in just somebody being with them and holding space for them and being close to them. And like I say, a lot of my treatments will finish with deep energy work, which involves holding various points on the feet, on the legs, on the shoulders. And so many people after that treatment will say to me, how nice it was just to feel somebody near them to witness what they were going through and it's a shame that our culture is afraid of that Mm. in lots of ways it's very interesting i could talk to you all night on that but we're not here to talk about (laughs) uh, that we're here to talk about podcasts so that's the sort of thing you do yes by the by that's my day job yeah okay but that's your day job let's give it a bit more than just by the by that is your proper day job so what you actually do i suppose on the side is the podcast yes uh so how did you start it up 
what, what was the, the thinking behind it? Okay, so we were holding a training course and I started talking to a friend in the break and she started to tell me how she had been caught up in the Asian tsunami. And I was listening to her and I thought, how on earth didn't I know that about you? Is this the Boxing Day one from yeah, 2004? 2004. Yeah, 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 she was caught up in that. And I was just looking at her thinking, why, why don't I know that? Why mm. haven't you told me that? And my instinct was, because we were running the training course on the day, my instinct was just to scrap everything we were doing and pull her up into the middle. There were about 20 other women there. Pull her up into the middle and say, you know, tell your story to everybody. You know, forget the training for the rest of the day. People need to hear the story. But obviously that wasn't appropriate. So I went over to um, another friend of mine on the training course and I said, oh my goodness, Pauline's just told me that she's been in the tsunami in 2004. And my friend said, yeah, I know. I was like, well, how didn't I know? Why has nobody told me this? Um, Did you get worried that your friends were keeping secrets yeah, from you? <laughs> I was like, why has nobody told me this? So I then said to this colleague of mine, um, this would make a fantastic radio programme. And I just kept thinking about it. And I was thinking, oh my, it was a time when I started to miss radio. And I was like, oh my goodness. If only I was on air, I'd call Pauline in tomorrow and I'd want to talk to her and I'd want everybody to know her story. So I kind of let that settle for a bit. But it was around the time that, um, I suppose about a few months before, I'd written a book, um, which is called I Am A Woman. And the whole point of this book is to connect women back to their cycles. And a lot of uh, women, a lot of, um, again, our culture believes that women's cycles are just for pregnancy, just for birth, and they're a curse and all these other things. But actually, women's cycles have so much wisdom in them and one of the ways we access our wisdom through our cycles is to release our redundant emotions that's part of what the menstrual cycle is letting our emotions go and one of the ways we do that is by sharing stories with each other so there's movements um there's some movements in this country but all over all over the world really called the red tent movements and basically these women gather in tents and they share their stories together and they release their emotions and they learn from each other and they share wisdom from the stories and i kind of started thinking okay well maybe i could set up a red tent movement and i thought oh goodness the weather's not very nice in this country so that's going to be hard work <laughs> getting people together is going to be hard work but i thought all right why don't i use my skills and do it online and create a red tent movement online which is pretty much what wise women is although i wanted it to feel very mainstream i didn't want to call it you know red tent podcast nothing wrong with that but i wanted it to be accessible to women who are new to understanding these new ways of thinking that are slowly coming into the collective consciousness so yeah i thought okay maybe i can make a podcast out of this you know call it wise women and my first guest can be pauline <laughs> who is in the tsunami and luckily pauline was up for it and um oh my goodness her story is incredible and actually i think We've got some clips to play from these podcasts. And I really want you to hear a little bit of Pauline's message because one of the things about Pauline, she's um, a natural health practitioner as well in Marshfield near Bath where they make the ice cream. And um, she's incredibly intuitive. And some of my family and friends have had treatments with her and they come away and they're like, oh my goodness, how does she use her intuition like that? And one of the things that Pauline said in her podcast, she talks quite a lot, obviously, about the tsunami and the wave and what happened and how her children were in it and, uh, you know, all the wisdom that she learned after uh, the tsunami experience, everything that it taught her. But also one of the things she talked about 
uh, on this podcast with me was how she was actually having premonitions of the tsunami a few nights before it actually happened. I woke my husband up one night and said, we're going to be covered in sea. We're, we're going to drown and can we go? And he said, no, we're going to be safe. And I thought, well, I've got to trust him. Luckily, I did trust him. <laughs> I do trust him. So, um, you know, it, the moon was very big. I felt very uncomfortable all week being there. And it was a love-hate. It was very beautiful. But I felt very anxious and I didn't, I just couldn't go with it. I just couldn't relax with it. So, yeah, I definitely felt uncomfortable that something big was going to happen. I just thought that was amazing. Yeah, that her intuition kicked in and that she knew that, you know, she could sense something like that happening. She talk about the moon there as one of the clues. That's amazing, isn't it? I know. <laughs> Incredible. But Pauline's um, story's on my website, which is www.wisewomen.org.uk. And her story's called The Wave. So all the episodes that I've got on there, um, I think I'm coming up to 10 now. Um, all start with the. So Pauline's was the wave. Um, and I think we've got time to run through a few more. So another story that I cover is called The Lambs. And if you listen to The Lambs on the podcast site, the episode title will become apparent, but I won't give it away. I won't tell you why it's called The Lambs. But basically it's... Not um, about springing on a farm, then, we're guessing. No. <laughs> no. Okay. It has got something to do with the farm, but you'll have to listen to find out. But... Um, no, it features a, a woman called Jamie Linegar from Compton Martin. And Jamie and her husband went through a long period of infertility. And again, I can't quite believe how these women can be so open and sharing those stories. Uh, there's lots of stories that I've covered so far where I kind of think, oh, my goodness, you know, I feel so honoured and so privileged that you're sharing this with me. And Jamie was one of those. So, yeah, she talks about the journey that her and her husband went went through in terms of trying to get pregnant and also the heartbreak of the disappointments. The process became quite mechanical. You're in and out of hospital quite a lot. You're taking lots of drugs. You're being scanned all of the time. There's tons of disappointment. There's a local chemist to me. I should have shares because I've got so many pregnancy tests. <laughs> Um, and each one, each one breaks your heart a little bit more and a little bit more. And I could get emotional when I think about it. And do you know why you feel emotional about it now? Do you know what that emotion is? I think it's just how huge it was at the time. And it's, you don't reconnect with past emotions very often because you kind of, in your life, you're in the moment, aren't you? So when you start to talk about it, it's like, wow, actually, yeah, it was really tough. I think that shows, again, really, how open these women are being. And again, this is part of that idea that when women share stories with each other, I think not only are they healing themselves because they're able to talk about it rather than just store it in their heads, but I think the women listening really gain mm. something from it as well, even if they haven't been through infertility or they haven't been through a tsunami. I can't imagine many people have been through that. There's still a lot of wisdom to be gained and that's the whole point of the podcast is these women aren't just talking about their challenges they're talking about what they learned from the challenges so although it sounds quite um i suppose on one level it could sound quite uh, hard things to talk about at the end it's all very uplifting okay that, you could just hear how raw that mm. emotion was yeah it really was in there and actually talking can help with that sort of thing it's not an instant you know healer is it but it can 
slowly make things better. So yeah. maybe there's a, this cathartic feeling through yeah, it's speaking to you about these things. It's definitely part of the process, I think. Mm. And so many of the women I've spoken to afterwards have said, you know, that really helped me for being able to talk about it and having it land somewhere, I think, not just... Um, to go out into the atmosphere and be lost but this is actually being stored online and people can listen to it and they can play it to their families you know forever really well for as long as the internet exists that's the thing we say in perpetuity but who knows uh yeah so that but that's the beauty of podcasts isn't it once it's gone up there it's not like even with radio these days it's up there for 30 days and then it's gone if you're on the you know bbc sounds but with podcasts it is there you know you can find podcasts from years ago yeah and find it so that you know that is another part of this i suppose process of of almost healing absolutely and i think that was it's so interesting you say that because i've thought a lot about you know how so many of the radio programs i did and i'm so proud of and that you know i work with some incredible people as well and they've gone they've i've got no way of finding Mm. them anymore but like you say podcasting is changing radio and um that's really exciting why don't we take a quick break now we'll come back in a no moment worries. and we've got a couple more clips to play from wise women we'll talk about how you go about finding these amazing people to speak to uh, i'm with joe wise from the wise women podcast we're celebrating podcasts here on connected tonight i'm charlie taylor with you until 10 o'clock i found a love for Ed Sheeran and perfect 17 minutes to 8 good evening it's Charlie Taylor with you on Connected through until 10 tonight and we're enjoying podcasts on the show the British Podcast Awards taking place next month uh, the nominations were out earlier this week we'll talk about them a little bit after 8 o'clock uh, but first I'm with Joe Wise from the Wise Women Podcast and, and Joe you were uh, playing a couple of clips for us earlier on some of these incredible people that you've found are they all specifically local do you go for, an, for a sort of a national base with your podcast well a lot of them are women I've met so they are local and there's a few as I mentioned earlier from Somerset so Pauline was from Marshfield and Jamie was from Compton Martin I'm just trying to think Helena Enright as well she talked about grief she's another one from Bath and I'm sure there's somebody else who's local too oh Madeline Walker Madeline's an animal communicator and she was talking about animal loss and I think she's from Taunton but yeah the whole idea of the podcast if you've literally just tuned in is that I speak to women about their greatest life challenges but more importantly than that about the wisdom that they got from those greatest life challenges and I think as I was saying earlier it's not you know you don't have to have gone through that exact experience like infertility or a tsunami or caring for somebody through cancer when you get to the wisdom you kind of think oh my goodness I can really identify with that I can cross reference with that in my own life and you can pick up the wisdom yourself so for instance we were talking about Pauline earlier in the tsunami one of her bits of wisdom was that she just realized how she didn't control anything and she remembers saying a prayer when she saw the wave and she said if I'm going to die please can it be painless and then afterwards she thought to herself who am I to ask how I die and she realized that she didn't have control over anything Mm. and I think every woman maybe a lot of men as well can identify with you know not having control yeah yeah, well, and it, being it, at peace with that, we're trying to be at peace with that. It's tough, isn't it? You sort of feel certainly when you're, you know, a teenager going through life, going into your twenties, you feel like you're on top of everything. You feel like you're in control, but actually, 
You've no, not been next to nothing. You can no. control tiny bits of your life. And you, yeah. uh, I think it's more to do with the attitude, isn't it? You, you yeah. can control your attitude, but you can't actually control what happens. No, no. You just have to go with it. Or something like a tsunami, you know. It's, that is no. a huge force of nature that absolutely you can't... You can do whatever you like. You're not going to be able to stop something of that power. And it must be terrifying. And I'm sure if people hear the podcast, they can hear an insight into what it was like for, um, for her. Uh, you've got a couple more bits yeah, for I us. Have. What have you got? So another lady I spoke to, another woman, wise woman I spoke to, uh, was a woman called Tiggy, and she actually does her own radio programme now on a station I think called Abbey 104, which I think is based in Dorset. Um, and Tiggy's into radio because she is the wife <coughs> of um, BBC Radio 2's Johnny Walker, who's a very well-known broadcaster as I say, on BBC Radio 2. And Johnny, a lot of people will know, was extremely ill quite a few years ago. He had life-threatening cancer. And Tiggy's story is all about caring for Johnny through his cancer. And she also talks a lot about how Johnny then had to care for her because once he recovered, she developed breast cancer. So they had to care for each other. And her story is all about caring. And, you know, again, a lot of people can identify with having to care for sick relatives or... or, um, family members and Tiggy was so open in her interview and so candid that I actually got a little bit worried because I thought oh my goodness if I publish this podcast and Johnny Walker's not happy with it I'm going to be in trouble Um, and this is an example of um, Tiggy being quite candid in quite a big way Uh, in such a big way actually I've had to bleep some of these words out and the story involves him losing his temper ahead of a horrible hospital test he was taking uh, for his cancer treatment. It's the single most painful and awful diagnosis test that there is And he was going into Bart's hospital and I was coming with him and he was scared about it. And I was trying to overmother him and just, you know, try and be supportive and kind. And we got out of the taxi and I don't know, we must have been having a spat about something because he just turned around in front of masses of people and went, just f*** off. He went, it's my cancer, just leave me alone. Wow. It was pretty hard. It was pretty hard, but that was me trying to be a carer 100% of the time. And I think what I've learned from that is sometimes you've got to leave people alone. And I did. I walked off a walk for miles in a total state of shock. God, I know. And I, as you can imagine, Charlie, I was thinking when I'd recorded that, oh, my goodness, what on earth is Johnny Walker going to think? Um, and do I bleep out the words? They're not bleeped out on the podcast. If you listen to the podcast, you will hear the expletives. Um, but luckily... Well, thank you for, for blocking them out for us. Yes. I appreciate that. <laughs> but luckily, he did tweet about it, and he he sent a tweet out to his followers, which um, said, My wife, Tiggy, tells it like it is in this podcast. There's emotion, brutal honesty, laughter, colourful language, and thoughtful insights into caring for each other through cancer. And as soon as I saw that, tweet i thought okay he's all right with it phew because i don't want to upset him could have gone to uh, one of two ways couldn't it well yeah pleased that that was uh, accepted but again you're talking about the most uh, are you what was the phrase you used to say was the most important moment of someone's life challenging the challenging it, yeah. moment and that there that moment of of him know, perhaps losing his temper you know but who knows probably quite fairly he was going through quite a lot she was clearly going through it with him and those just getting a bit afraid going against yeah. that was that was the moment that must have really impacted her exactly and i think it's a story as well that a lot of carers will be familiar Mm. with because when you're caring for somebody you see the worst in them and they're in pain often and they are sick 
And when you're under pressure, that's when people see you at your worst. And I think that's what Tiggy was sharing in that podcast is that, you know, it's not pleasant and you don't really like each other sometimes, but you love each other and you get through it and you care for each other. And that really comes across also in her podcast, actually. She talks about Johnny in a really touching way and how, you know, she would go for her cancer treatment and he really wouldn't know what to do because some men, she she said this, you know, some men aren't too sure uh, how to care in the way that women know how to care. But he would just be a presence for her and he would just be with her and, you know, he'd hold her feet and he'd be by her side. So although we heard the, you know, (laughs) the quite explosive side of Johnny, she also talked about how uh, loving and caring he was as a husband, which was nice to hear. But I, I might be repeating myself here. Again, I can't really believe how candid some of these women are. And Tiggy was one who was ex- exceptionally candid, but another one was a lady called um, Rachel Rose, and she's a she's a healer in Bristol, uh, exceptionally gifted healer that I spoke to. And her her challenge, her story was all about, she calls it early sexualization. So she doesn't want to use the term sexual abuse because she believes the language that she uses to describe what happened to her is exceptionally important. So she experienced early sexualization at age four and she talks about how that impacted her life and she talks about how she went on to have addictions to pornography and addictions to alcohol and class a drugs and again you know women don't talk about these things and when you finally make space for women to talk about these things there's a real connection because at last you're not alone. You know, somebody else has been um, through something similar and you can relate to them and there's comfort in that. And that's the whole idea of these podcasts, really. The, the clips you've brought for us are amazing so far. I'll, I'll let you give a chance to mention where people can download the uh, the podcast fully. I will just say, before we play this next one, it's got quite an upsetting image, which um, if you feel like you might be affected by it, to do with stillbirth. If you feel you might be affected, um, if you come back after 8 o'clock, probably we, we'll have done it by then, we've gone through it. So if you feel you might be affected by that, uh, now might be a good time just to turn off your radio briefly. Tell us a bit about this amazing woman you spoke to. Yeah, so the final um, woman I'm going to talk about in terms of the the audio is a lady called Zara Kolinsinska, and she's an incredible artist from Bristol. And you can look her up on Instagram. I'm trying to think of her handle, how you'd find her. But it's something along... I think it's following Ginger Home. Is If you search for that on Instagram and look at some of her artwork, it's incredible. And Zara experienced stillbirth, and she really feel strongly that it's something that is good to talk about and there's a lot of women out there that saying that are saying the same thing that you know stillbirth is a taboo and it's not talked about and actually the women that have experienced this some women obviously don't and want to you know process that experience on their own but there's a lot of women there that are feeling that their children can be honored by being spoken about and Zara is one of those and she told me her experience of her daughter Ginger who was a stillborn baby and she talks about how that affected her husband and her and she also again talks about the wisdom that she um, eventually and is still finding through that experience and again even if you haven't experienced those things 
there's some of the wisdom these women come up with, you can still cross-reference it. So one of Zara's at the end of her podcast is, you know, that Ginger, her daughter, taught her to be unafraid and unashamed. You know, nothing else mattered after that moment. And she knew she had to connect with her talents as an artist. That's what Ginger taught her. And again, there's lots of women out there that are too afraid and too ashamed to put their gifts out into the world. And Zara believes you don't have to experience a tragedy to connect with that. So it's possible to cross-reference your feelings with these tragedies. And this was a tragedy for Zara. And in this clip, she um, talks to me about the moment she saw and held her stillborn daughter. Because she had passed away, you know, 24 hours ago, she had, you know, her skin had started to go purple and you could see that she'd passed away, but you could see, you know, see this beautiful baby, her features. For me, the most, I think the thing that instantly hit me is that her, her lips were absolutely beautiful. You know, I just couldn't stop looking at her lips and again, you know, hands, feet, all of that, you, you, you just take it, oh, you just, it, it's just beautiful. But at the same time, it's devastating because you want to hear a cry and you mm. want, to, you know, and none of those things are happening. And yes, it's heart wrenching. It's, it's heart, your heart shatters a million times over. Emmys. <laughs> just in that short clip so uh, emotional isn't it to hear that and again such an honor to uh have that story shared uh it's not a story it's not a podcast that i've published yet because i try and publish these podcasts every full moon again to tie in with um women's cycles and that one's coming out i think on april the 19th which is the date of this month's full moon and it will be called the stillbirth and again charlie it's interesting you said what you did at the beginning of that clip because there is a organization i think called sands s-a-n-d-s so if there's anybody that's been affected by that and uh has been triggered by um what they've just heard uh, i'd really strongly recommend you get in touch with sands and i know about sands because zara um was really helped by sands in in those early days as well uh i love that it's done by the full moon i think that is amazing <laughs> not enough is done by the moon these days is it i mean easter is probably the only thing so it's nice to know that there's podcasts which aren't monthly or weekly but but done on the full moon with great reason as well so uh away from perhaps the people you speak to which i mean they're amazing uh, and the, the people you find how does it work at home because you know i'm sitting in a radio studio now with you and this is great we've got all this kit here this is how i do my podcast i've got so many buttons and buzzers and everything it's fantastic you do yours at home so how does that work okay well i'm lucky enough in that my husband's background is as an engineer used to work for emi uh and he loves tinkering with um audio (laughs) equipment and stuff in fact he's he's coming tonight just to look over my shoulder and i'm sure it's not to hear me speak i'm sure it's just to look at all these flashing lights and things i can do a guided tour for you if you like (laughs) Afterwards, we can show you around. In fact, you could probably show me a thing or two. But he, um, yeah, he built me a studio at home. It's really not as flash as this, but I've got a nice mixer and I've got a mic and, you know, we can link up through Skype. Some women I speak to face to face, but um, there's been a few women that I've spoken to um, from different countries. So Frauke uh, came on to talk about an illness that she had and how she transformed that illness. And Frauke was from Fuerteventura. I met her on a yoga retreat. And another lady I spoke to who lives quite a long way away is Miranda McPherson. And Miranda is a, a spiritual teacher and leader and she lives in san francisco so obviously as much as i'd like to go to those places um i had to do those interviews via skype 
Well, it does sound like a load of fun. Where can people, uh, you've given the web address already, uh, just remind us of that. Is it also on iTunes and things? Yes, it absolutely is. So you can listen, if you're not into podcasting yet, it's really easy. You can just go to the website, www.wisewomen. And remember, wise is spelt W-Y-S-E. That's, That's really your important. surname. That's yes. why it's spelt differently. Yep. It's really important. W-Y-S-E, wisewomen.org.uk. Um, and then you can find the audio players and just click play. So you don't have to get all technical. But if you are into podcasting, then you can go to Apple Podcasts, search wise women, W-Y-S-E, wise women, and subscribe. And I think they've been kind of pushed out on loads of other platforms as well so you don't just have to get them from apple podcasts but they are there if you do use that platform fantastic and they come out every full moon so keep an eye on your lunar calendar and uh, you'll know when the next one's coming joe it's been a real pleasure thank Thank you you so much for telling us about it and we wish you all the best of luck with the podcast as it goes on uh, and into the future may it get bigger and and bolder and and all these things as it goes on so thank you thanks charlie lovely having joe wise here from the wise women podcast just coming up towards eight o'clock now